Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to VMB, the voice of Manhattan business, brought to you by the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Bruce Hurwitz. You can find me on the web at hsstaffing.com. I hope everyone will be able to join me next Wednesday at 2 p.m., when my guest will be Noel Goldfarb from National Financial Network, LLC. We will be discussing social security strategies. To learn about all future shows, please visit our website, thevoiceofmanhattanbusiness.com. And please remember to visit the events page on the Chamber's website, manhattancc.org, to learn about upcoming events on the Chamber's calendar. Today's program comes just before the Chamber's fourth annual Marketing Week NYC, which begins Monday. We have a wide range of presentations covering all aspects of 21st century marketing. To see the full schedule of events, visit marketingweeknyc.com. I am delighted to be joined today by Robbie Muir from Muir Design, Inc. We will be discussing how good design improves marketing. Please remember the opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the participants and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. If you have any questions, feel free to call in. The number is 805-243-1301. That number again, 805-243-1301. Robbie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bruce. It's good to be here. Well, it's my pleasure. Why don't you tell us about yourself and your company? Okay. Um, I'm originally from Vancouver, Canada. I went to school there. I went to university and art school. And uh, before moving to New York, I I worked in Montreal and Toronto for, for a few years but when we did move to New York, my husband and my son and myself, um, we, we felt a lot of energy coming to a big city, and uh, we, we really have enjoyed living here. Um, my first experience as a professional in, in New York was working as a creative director in a fairly large advertising agency, and I, I really learned a lot in, in that period, and um, we specifically were working with commercial real estate clients, and it was when a lot of money was being spent in promotion and marketing uh, with print. It was before the web was important and before people were putting websites up. So that experience has stayed with me for a long, long time. And when I finally established my own company in 1995, I had all of that background information that I brought forward and since then have been using that with my own clients and uh, you know, the expertise I've learned um, has been very, very um, helpful in, in, in my professional experiences. Um, I've targeted um, a lot of different types of clients over the years. I've done corporate, financial, uh, some publishing work. But currently, I'm, I'm sort of swung right back again, and I'm working uh, quite extensively with real estate and companies in the building industry and that includes professional service firms, um, architects, engineers, building consultants, um, developers doing new property. There's a lot of building going on. So uh, that's basically been the way things have developed. Um, and I do full service uh, graphic design, including branding, identity, uh, print collateral, I do brochures, and I also have, have 
for the last seven or eight years been doing web, website design as part of my overall package to offer my clients. So they're getting full service with me. Um, I do not have a staff. I, I, I'm unusual that way, and I, I know there's several other people working the way I do, but I, I work with other professional associates that I team up with for each project. So it may be a copywriter. Uh, it could be a photographer or, or a videographer. Um, and in the case of doing a website, I would, I would bring in a web developer to do the production on a website. So that our, our team for each project is different and I act as a creative director or a project manager, as some people would call it, but I like the creative director description better. Um, and I make sure everything gets done, and I'm, I'm really offering the creative spark for the project. Um, I'm the one that talks to the client, and, and we go through the decision-making and decide what, what the scope is, how we're going to achieve it, and what the end product will be. So basically... Um, I, I do the front end and, uh, and, and ensure the client is happy and that we work to the budget and we get things done in a, in a very efficient way. So that's it sort of in a nutshell. Well, I thank you for that. Now, just to remind everyone, our topic is how good design improves marketing. And as regular listeners know, I like to begin with definitions. So what is design? Well, Bruce, that is a very big question. It's a very, very big question because there's very, very many aspects of design, and I basically focus on graphic design, which is different from industrial design or, you know, uh, things that are non in, in a marketing sense. So graphic design basically, by definition, is also known as communication design, and uh, one very straight definition is it is the art and practice of planning and projecting ideas with visual and, and textual content. Uh, now, this may be hard to understand, but it's basically working with typography, with form, artwork, images, photos. It, it, it's, it's this series of things you work with that create the graphic design. And uh, another way to look at it is um, design means beautiful solutions. Something that's well designed usually catches your eye and is beautiful. It's not ugly. It's something that you feel good about when you see it. It's, it's understood as a contemplative satisfaction and usability. It's not decoration. It's something that has been, been thought through with, with, it, with an intent and purpose to make you want to have it or to, you know, to, to be led to it. Um, it also could refer to good taste, um, beautiful and good taste together in a combination. Um, beauty is a concept based on aesthetics. It is quite subjective and cultural. Um, I'm not sure whether that really answers the question, but it, it, it's sort of all these words together uh, really are, are part of what graphic design is in, in terms of the way I think and the way I approach you know, projects. Well, that's why I asked the question, because I think it's important for listeners to understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. My definition of design, their definition of design may be different, but that's irrelevant. What's relevant for present purposes is your definition of design, which brings me to the next question, the second half of the uh, topic. What is marketing? Okay, again, a very broad 
thing to, to define, but in, in terms of how I think, um, marketing is building your brand and convincing people that your brand, be it a product, a service, or a company, is the best. Um, or another way to put it, it is the communication between a company and its consumer audience that aims to increase the value of the company or its products or services. So it, it is it's wanting you to work with a with company to buy their product, to buy their service. This whole marketing is, is something that evokes you to want to be part of the company's experience. Um, consumers do not buy what you sell. They buy what has value to them. It's a paraphrase of someone, uh, Peter Drucker, who is a, a marketing specialist. Um, I, I think that's the best I can wrap it up with, without going on and on and being redundant. Okay. Now, that's fine. And you mentioned the word subjective. Right. Let's continue subjectivity. And given that good design is subjective, how can a business owner judge objectively if their design is, in fact, good? In other words, what are the metrics for good design other than the obvious sales? Well, I think the term harmony um, comes to play. Uh, if something has, is harmonious, um, it is a wellness and aesthetic harmony and balance of proportion. It, it, it just sort of fits together. It feels right. Uh, the other thing is um, admiration is a term used as far as a metric, um, is contemplative satisfaction. So the, the words um, are all part of this metrics of, of measuring. Um, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Leonardo said that. So something that is simply stated and done and clear and clean without a lot of extra add-ons is, is something that's good design. If you look at something that's well designed, you, you see it and it, it, it's sort of something you don't even have to say. You just know it's good design. You see something that's bad design, there's something, it's just sort of something that within you, I, I feel, that most people have a, an intuition that they don't even realize they have. Um, so, um, Another, another, another definition is design is the actual art concerning material shapes, intentions, and expenses. Um, I, don't, I don't know whether that's, that's answering the question well enough, but it, it's, sort of, uh, it's sort of just uh, uh, the way I see it. Um, you may say it well, another way. Well, it's interesting what you said because you reminded me that in this month's issue of Inc. Magazine, there was an interesting piece on design, and basically what the author said was that the simpler, the better. When things start to mm -hmm. get too complex, it's not good. And right. I, I think it's, you've just yeah. mirrored that. It's clarity. Now, it, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Good word, clarity. Sorry. I like that. Mm -hmm. Now, in any marketing campaign, you're going to have multiple variables, so right, how can exactly. you determine which part of a marketing campaign is actually working? Something may not be working at all. It may be totally neutral, not impacting, but you're getting good sales. Mm -hmm. And how do you know what's working and what isn't? Well, uh, if you're doing a multiple-part uh, 
marketing program, say you're doing some print, you're doing direct mail, uh, you're doing email blasts, you have, you have something uh, you're putting in the mail that, that you can code. Quite often people who do uh, mailers or, or send people things have a code in the back of the printed material that when people respond, say they want to respond in and get a, a free brochure or a free uh, discount, the code is always part. There's some, somehow there's a code embedded that the, the marketing people can track the codes um, or they can, um, they can count the number of hits on a website, like Google Analytics uh, can tell you how many people uh, came to your website, how many pages they went through, and how many people actually completed and made a purchase at the end of it. There's ways of tracking these things through digital analytics. Uh, print is a little bit different, or maybe it's response by an email. How many email responses did you get that you would count the emails? Um, so there's, there's ways to keep track of that. I mean, as far as sales goes, um, I, I think it depends on the scope of the project. Because some projects are very complex and big and there's multiple parts. Some are much simpler to sort of um, figure that out. Um, so I, I think if you were working with a big, a big marketing company, their, their, their ways of tracking things are fairly sophisticated. And, and it's not – I haven't worked in that scale of, of – of, of campaigns that would would ask or, or need that. I mean, my my clients are for the most part small small to medium sized businesses, so it's it sort of is, is a much more uh, simplistic way of, of you know looking at uh, success of you know which has been more successful as far as print versus the digital say. And just in case our uh, listeners don't know. To get Google Analytics, you go to analytics.google.com. I'm amazed by how simple it is to use and how much information they're providing free. It's a great resource. Do you well, agree? That's true. It's very, I, no, it's very true. I mean, it's amazing what you can learn about even about your own website as to you know um, how many how many hits you've had and and where they're coming from, what part of the world, and uh, what what page did people linger on the most? Where did where did where was the most time spent? I mean, you can you can ask just about anything, and it really is very very helpful if you're if you're trying to figure out well that you know that should be changed because people aren't aren't uh, staying or they're not going farther. And I was told I read somewhere that. If you don't get someone's attention in the first nine seconds on your website, if they're not intrigued enough to go beyond the first page and, and dig down to go to another part of the website, you've lost them. You've got ten, nine to ten seconds, and after that, they'll go somewhere else. If they can't figure out the navigation, if they get frustrated, um, they're gone. They won't be back. So it's been very important to um, know that your website has got a certain intrigue or, or look to it this is where the design comes in, that they do want to know more. They do want to explore and go beyond that first page. It's funny. The um, the amount of times when I've done a website for someone that they say, you know, the, uh, my home page is what is uh, so critical. That's what people like. And then they look at the Google Analytics and nobody spends any time at all on the home page. They're on other pages. And you can't mm -hmm. argue with the facts. So it's That's a good uh, uh, wake-up 
for uh, business owners. <laughs> In well, any good. case, just a reminder, you're listening to the Voice of Manhattan Business. My guest today is Robbie Muir from Muir Design, Inc. We are discussing how good design improves marketing. If you have any questions, feel free to call in. The number is 805-243-1301. And please remember the opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the participants and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. Robbie, let's get into a a few details of a marketing campaign. Sure. How should a logo be designed? Well, that um, that quite often depends on the client. Um, if you're working for an individual, uh, say someone just starting up a business and they really have never needed a logo before, they've never done a logo, then you really have to do a lot of hand-holding. You really have to explain the process to them and how, how it will evolve from being nothing to something that they really will engage with and identify with. And, and basically, a logo should express the essence of the business or the service or the company. You have to get an understanding of who, who this company is, what they're trying to achieve, who they're talking to, um, what their philosophy is or, or what their, their basic thinking is. So you really have to be sensitive to the client's comments when you ask them questions. You really have to dig down and try to figure out what well, who are you and who are you talking to and what are you saying and what is your product? And, and then you can ask questions like, uh, are there any, any colors you like? Is there any, any style that you – I mean, you really have to ask a bunch of questions up front. And then once you sort of get a, a sense that you have some idea of, of what, what their taste may be, you then start putting some ideas together graphically with the typeface, the fonts, the colors, if there's any imagery. And I usually, my process is usually to present the client with at least 10 to 12 different design treatments to review on a first go-around. And this is after having talked with them for a while. And and sometimes I even make a questionnaire and have them fill it out. So then you've got at least some baseline to start with. And if I show them, you know, a dozen different designs, which are all showing different kind of color treatments and fonts and, and, and just sort of different feelings, um, after that first review with them, they quite often can eliminate a lot of them. They'll say, no, that's not me. I don't like that. And what I try to ask them to do is, is narrow it down to three out of the selection that they think may be worthy of exploring and refining to see if we can find something from those three, one of them that could be resolved to a final logo. And it's, it's very interesting because I'll, I'll do another round on those three or two or whatever it ends up being, the short list we call it, and I come back a little bit later with those developed and flushed out and sort of bought over a little bit more. And, and it, it, it's usually quite easy for them to say, oh, I like number, number two the best. I mean, it, it, it's amazing how quickly after that second round, that they, they, after they've sort of invested in the process and understood that they chose those three, it, it's very rare that it, they, they can't immediately go to one that they like. And it may not be quite finished. It may still need a little bit of nuance to it or may need something done to, you know, the portion of it or the, maybe the color's a little bit too blue or the red's a little bit too yellow or something. But um, it's, it's really a process of, you know, eliminating things that, that you don't like 
and then refining the, the ones that you do like, and you finally, you, you, you boil it down to something that works and that they feel happy about and they feel they were part of the process and they, they you know, you just didn't say, okay, here's a logo, I've designed it for you, that's it, you get one choice, that's what I think you should do. That doesn't work. They have to be part of the process. I was meeting with a uh, business advisory client, or potential client, and he showed me his business card, which had on it uh, his logo. And I looked at his logo, and I said, I don't get it. Why do you have a bird as your logo? And he said, it's not a bird. And he then explained to me what it was. So I said, well, Mm -hmm. then you have a problem, because I looked at it, I saw a bird. And then I asked him if he had shown the um, the logo to anyone before he decided to go with it, and he said friends and relatives. And I said, well, you know, friends and relatives won't always be honest with you if they think that being honest is going to be offensive. Why don't you choose a couple people, I was in a public area, uh, and ask them what they think of your logo. And he did it, and every one of them said it was a bird, and he was not happy. So he had to go out and get a new logo design. So uh, do you um, agree that outsiders should be brought into the process just to see how the general public will react to a logo, especially if it's not simple uh, lettering? Yeah, definitely. I mean, quite often uh, people who aren't aren't really, you know, that in tune with what design is or, or... you know, they, they, uh, I have a client right now. I mean, he, he's, he's never had anyone design anything for him. And I just finished a business card, a logo, a business card, and a website for him. And he keeps referring to have his wife look at it, which is fine. She's she's probably got very good taste and, and, and maybe, you know, maybe more in tune with the design than he is. But he says, oh, I, I, I'm colorblind, too. And on top of that, he says, I, I will defer to my wife and let her decide. Quite often people do that, but they don't go beyond that to, as you said, a, a business associate or a professional they work with and like just sort of print it out and, and show it to them and say, what do you think? This is my new logo. I'm getting a new logo done. What do you think, Joe? And, um, you know, they quite often just, just say, oh, well, I don't know. I guess that's what I want. I mean, and then then they get confused when people don't get uh, that, that it doesn't work or no one else understands, as you said, that it looked like a bird, but it wasn't a bird. Well, what was it? I mean, it was so it like, is very important. Were they <laughs> it called is important a, to get other people. Was it a uh, mm-hmm. Rorschach test? The ink blots? Oh, yeah, the Rorschach test. Exactly. Rorschach, yeah. Exactly. That's what yeah, I yeah. thought. Years ago, it, when, we, when I was taking uh, Introduction to Psychology, the uh, uh, Teacher gave us the uh, the test, and my reaction was they all look like squashed butterflies. But I was right. amazed what people saw in them. And if you've got a design in your logo, it could be anything. But anyways, next question: How should a website be designed? We spoke a little bit about it previously, but what's the process you would use for designing a website? What are the important things to keep in mind? Well, it, it, um, 
it depends whether someone already has a website up or not. If 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 you're starting from scratch and no one, this person has never had a website, it's a little bit different than if someone comes to you and say, "Well, my website is five years old and it's stale, and and uh, I really need it to be updated and made more current." They're they're two different scenarios. So, starting with someone who has never had a website, um, that's that takes a little bit more time to work with them because they really have no clue as to what it takes to do it and why really they need one because they've waited so long that they really need to have you explain um, all the parts to it. And, um, you know, it depends whether the budget comes into it right away. Well, how much money do you have available to invest in this website? Do you have $500? Do you have $5,000? Do you have $50,000? I mean, you can do a website for $500 for one, if you do one page. I mean, if it's simple. But, you know, most people want more than one page, and, and they, they want a lot, but they don't have the budget to back it up. So that's the first thing you have to establish is, is what's the scope of, of, of the budget? Is, you know, do, you have a, do you have a budget in mind, and what are you trying to achieve for that budget? So once you sort of establish that, you can, you know, talk to them about what their business is about. You get some information. Do you have, do you have, a, do you have a logo? Do you have an identity? Or is that going to have to be part of it? Because if they've never done a website, they may just have one of these white business cards with, you know, that's been set in type with no logo, no brand, no idea about what the company should look like or how it should be represented. So, in fact, quite often when I get a website project, I find that it's more than a website. It's doing the branding as well and and uh, bringing that into as, as part of, of, of the design process. So, um, you know, the photography of this imagery in it, are, are they selling widgets? Do they need those widgets photographed? Or is it a service company and uh, do you want to do a profile of the of the business owner who is yourself? Do you have a photograph of yourself? Um, you have to establish what you're dealing with and, and how much they want to include in this site because it's just not going to be tight. It needs some graphics. It needs some visuals. Uh, maybe you have to start using stock imagery just to get a, you know, a, a photograph of New York City if they you know, have an office in Midtown and they want to show that they're you know, in the city and that the professionals in New York, um, they don't have a budget to send a photographer out to do something, so you have to figure out, okay, well, how can I get some decent photography for this website without costing a fortune? They have a very limited budget. So, I mean, it comes back to the budget. Um, I do what I can do with what there is to work with, and if someone has an unlimited budget, obviously, you can disguise the limit, you could have original photography taken, uh, you could put, put some video into it, you can get original artwork done, and I mean, it's just, you could do whatever seemed to be the right thing to do, but um, if you're doing more than one page, you, the first thing you really have to do is establish a site plan. Well, what are the pages? What's the content going to be? Um, how is it going to be organized? And the navigation about how is it going to be navigated? How do you find what you want? If you're looking for endorsements, is, there an, is it easy to find? If you have a, do you have Q&A? Um, do you have services listed? So, I mean, you really have to, to make a shopping list out as to what the, the content of the site is going to be. You have to organize the content into a site plan and get that approved before you start designing anything at all. You really have to understand the bones of the site. What, what's in it? 
how is it organized, and uh, what order are you setting it up so that when someone comes to the site, they, they are not confused. They can easily find what they want. How um, should – no, finish your thought. I'm, done. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm done. No, yep. Okay. How should printed marketing collaterals be designed? So you mentioned already uh, the business card, but somebody may want a f- uh, paper brochure, I don't know, flyers, mm-hmm. whatever. Well, I, How the should they be designed? Talked- How do they fit into the overall plan? Well, the overall plan, I mean, is your your brand your branding and all of all of the marketing materials you do, whether it's your business card, your letterhead, your brochure, your newsletter, your website, they all have to bring forth the same brand, the same identity. So that has to be across everything you do. If if your color is blue and and purple, that color has to be in everything, including your print design. Um, the format, when you're getting into print, you're talking about format. Um, is it a trifold? Is it a single-page cell sheet? Is it an eight-page brochure? Is it square? Is it horizontal? Is it vertical? There's all these considerations to think about before you design the printed piece. Is it going to be mailed? Is it going to be put in an envelope? Is it going to be have a wafer seal on it? Um, is it something you're going to hand out at a, at a convention? Um, is it a postcard? Is it a two-sided postcard? You have to decide what what you're designing, what's the format of it, the type of paper that you're going to use. Um, again, uh, the cost comes into effect here. Is it going to be a, a, a low-grade um, paper grade, or is it going to be a very expensive finished paper? The colors, the number of inks you're using. If you're printing something, obviously, if you print in one color or two colors, it's less expensive than doing eight colors. So it really is defining what the purpose of the printed piece is, um, how it's being distributed, and uh, how many they're doing, too. Are you doing 50? Are you doing 5,000? Are you printing it digitally or are you printing it offset? The type of printing, uh, offset is more expensive than digital. A lot of people are using digital printing now because it's, it's reasonably inexpensive. You can get some very, very good quality now that the, all of the uh, digital you know, printers have been more sophisticated and, and they're, they're amazing. You can get some, some really nice effects with digital printing now. So there's a lot of things to consider um, when, you're doing a, when you're doing print design. And design is like designing the actual piece comes after you've, you've made all these decisions about its shape, its form, how you're going to execute it. I, I really like to know all of those things before I start designing something because it will affect how you design. If, if it's something that's only going to be two colors, then you will design in two colors. You won't design in eight colors. So that's sort of how I approach it. I think you've already answered this question, but I may be wrong. Everyone we're talking about up until now about designing things, but I'd like to right. go a little deeper and talk about designing processes. Talk right. to us about the importance of designing the marketing process. Mm-hmm. Well, if if a marketing campaign is well designed, um, it's more likely to be recognized and remembered 
and it will have a higher value to someone um, when they when they see it than if it's not well designed. It's just something that makes makes that interaction much more personable. Um, good design, as I mentioned before, is a very subliminal thing. If it feels good, it looks right, then then it's something you immediately feel. Um, if something is badly designed, you react to it differently. You you say, oh, I don't want I don't want that. No, that, that it doesn't look good. It, it's not right. So we're back to less is more. The more simply stated the message is, the more people will remember it. Um, you know, it, it has it's more impactful. It, it's more clear. It, it's, it's something that resonates with you uh, in a much more positive way. So the, the trademarks of a well-executed design are clarity, elegance, simplicity, good taste, something that's beautiful, something that looks nice, that is, that is warm and inviting, that, you know, that it has a good feeling to it. Um, if a campaign is not presented with design as part of the process, the message may not have the same effect as you want it to. It really, it, it just becomes integral to, to um, the whole marketing. The, the, the definition of, of something well-designed will, will have definitely a much more positive impact on the end user and the person receiving that, that uh, marketing message. Robbie, I want to thank you. Before I let you go, What's the best way for listeners to get in touch? Well, probably uh, through my website, uh, which is mirror-design.com, um, or you can shoot me an email. Uh, my email is on my website. Um, I respond pretty well to emails. Uh, my, they could call me, but I, you know, I, I'm finding that most people do reach out after having been to my website. They will email me and say, I'm interested in... in talking with you till we have a meeting and then we sit down and have a conversation. I really like meeting people one-on-one uh, -on -one and, and giving them an hour consultation. If they, if they have a project in mind they want to work with me on, um, I do offer that one hour um, free without any charge and we sort of brainstorm and sit down and talk about what, what their project may be and um, I throw some ideas back and we sort of, you know, figure out whether whether we can work together, whether, whether we're compatible and, and whether, you know, things will, will go ahead. Well, Robbie, I want to thank you profusely for sharing your time with our listeners. You've provided us with a wealth of information, and uh, I'm sure I speak for everybody when I say how much I appreciate it. Thank you. I enjoyed it very much, Bruce. Nice talking with you. Well, you're most welcome, and as always, a special thank you to our listeners. I'm certain Robbie joins me in wishing everyone a safe and prosperous week. <laughs>